Locally Sourced Joey, talking about anything and everything under the sun, and today we're going to be talking some relationship advice with the wing girl herself, Marnie Kinris. Uh, Marnie's got a podcast called Ask Women and a book coming out in September of 2014 called That's Not How Men Work, and she's taking some time to chat with us today. So let's just hop right into it. Marnie, how did the wing girl method get started? Well, it's kind of uh, random the way that it got started. It's not like I set out to start this big company where I was, you know, picking up women for men or explaining how women work to men. I kind of did it by accident where I was at a singles mixer at a rabbi's house about 11 years ago. Actually, 11 years ago, in about two weeks, it's like my anniversary. Oh, wow. Um, and I was at the singles mixer. I was there with my best friend who had just broken up with her boyfriend and needed some attention. And I had just met my husband a month before. So I was window shopping. But I was mainly there to support her at the singles mixer. And we got there and nobody was talking to each other. Like men and women were separated. Like on one side of the room was men, on the other side of the room was women. And so I just started grabbing men and pulling them to come talk to my girlfriend and telling them what to say, what not to say, how to stand, how to break the ice for them and make sure they were getting along well. And then when my girlfriend was taken care of, I just started doing it for other people in the room because for some reason nobody was interacting, which was really very strange. Uh, and then at the end of the night, people were mingling. My friend was making out with one of the guys that I introduced her to. <laughs> other people were exchanging numbers. And so when I went home, I made a joke to my roommate and just said, you know what, I hate what I'm doing now, which I was working in PR at the time. But I was like, but there's something to this PR I was doing for guys. I was breaking the ice for them. What if I was their wing girl? That term at the time I didn't know didn't exist. It flew out of my mouth. And he said, okay, that's never going to happen. Guys don't need help from women to get girls. They don't care what women think. That will never be a business. And I was like, I don't think you're right. So I went to my room and I posted that on Craigslist. And by the next morning, I had over 75 responses from guys around Los Angeles intrigued and interested in what I was offering. So from there, that's where the wing girl method started. But originally, it was me and one other girl. It was actually my best friend. We would go out with guys, and we would pick up women for men. And then slowly over time, we started realizing that if the guy was a girl to meet another girl, and he's not really being much of a man, so we just we just started developing curriculums for them and guidance and offering advice. And then we decided that we didn't want to just help the guys in Los Angeles. We wanted to help people all over. So that's when I started the Wing Girl Method website. And now my advice and instruction and guidance reaches hundreds of thousands of men every single month all, all over the world. Awesome. Sounds very uh, middle school dancey, that mixer. It's it, 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 it totally was. Honestly, that's how I felt. Because nobody was talking to each other and they were so shy and blushing. It was really, really strange. <laughs> Well, I guess that actually segues very nicely um, into my next question is because often, you know, I've been to events like that too, and, and you'll see groups of people standing, groups of guys, groups of girls. So what is uh, some of your more successful methods for a guy to approach a group of girls and have, uh, you know, a good conversation out of it? Well, the main thing is, is that a lot of people don't make the approach because they make up multiple excuses in their head as to why they wouldn't be welcomed by that group. Even though everybody's there for a single mixer, which means that they're there to mix, right? So right away, you would think that everybody there would be like, oh, everybody here is open to being approached. But because we're afraid of rejection or saying the wrong thing or not creating attraction, we keep our distance and hope somebody else will make that first step. 
So I have this method for starting conversation that's called OSA, and it can be used in anything. Like, not just for interacting with women, but it can be used by women or by men or people in business, whatever it is. But it's the most casual way to start a conversation so that it triggers the other person that you're initiating conversation to, that you're not intruding on them. And what you're doing is instead of, like, trying to fire questions at them to figure out how you can get them to open up, what you're doing instead is opening up first and then leading by example. So it's called OSA. Observation, share, and ask. So what you do is you start off by making an observation just about the world around you because you're an interesting person who sees things around them. It can be observation about her clothes, it can be an observation about the event, it can be observation about the evening or the day. Whatever it is, it's like you're, you're talking to the universe and she happens to be there in the vicinity as well to be a part of whatever you're putting out there. And then after you observe, you share. And sharing is really just the why behind why you made a statement, right? So it's something that gives a little peek into who you are and what you're about because it helps you expand on your conversation, which a lot of men have difficulty with because typically they speak in statements. And, but the why is what gives women um, a feeling to latch on to because usually when you explain the why behind why you said something, you use the word because and you go into an internal, I get too like fluffy for you, but like into an internal place where you actually give up a little bit of yourself so that you expand on what you're saying. Instead of just saying a simple statement, you give the behind reason to it, which is what women are absolutely obsessed with and that's what catches their attention. And then after you give the share, that's when you open it up by asking a question. I know this sounds like overly complicated, but it actually is super simple, and I'm sure that you do it. In fact, you did it during our conversation when we first started. It's really just making a quick observation, sharing something about yourself, about why you made that statement or what that statement triggered for you, and then opening it up to the floor, to the group of women or to the women that you're talking to, by asking an open-ended question. And the main thing that a lot of men forget when they're approaching women is that they're not just the only ones being evaluated, right? Like a lot of guys approach women saying, like me, like me, like me, like me. So they're always trying to figure out how can I present myself as this really cool guy or how can I present myself in a way that's going to make her want me instead of, okay, I'm an awesome guy. I know that I'm super fun. I'm here with my friends. We're having a great time. What's this woman all about? So it's a combination of, you know, using OSA and reframing the way that you think about a situation where you understand, as a man or even as any individual, you are there to select as well and let people into your life. And if they don't cut the mustard, then you have every right to excuse yourself and go find somebody who does. It sounds simple enough. Seems, yeah. <laughs> seems like it's even not too difficult. Even though it's it sounds simple enough. Exactly. Um <laughs> And for, actually, for the uh, excusing yourself, because I've seen this all the time, too, where people, you know, clearly want to get out of the conversation and uh, end up staying there for a lot longer than they actually wanted. Um, is it as simple as just saying, you know, excuse me, I'm going to go talk somewhere else or go to the bathroom or something like that? Yeah, you just say, you know what, I, I want to I wanna mingle. I'm here to mingle. I meet a whole bunch of people, but I really enjoy talking to you. I'll catch up with you later. Perfect. So simple. So simple. Yeah. <laughs> You know, the whole thing is to be honest with tact, right? It's not like you're boring the pants off of me, like I have to go talk to somebody else because I can't stand looking at your face anymore. But nice meeting you. It's like, <laughs> you know, you can still be charismatic and kind while still getting your message across. That you, you know, you're done with the conversation, but it could be nice to talk later. 
Perfect. Yeah, so far no one has, has actually said I'm boring them to death, so they need to leave. So that's, fingers crossed, fingers crossed everyone has that same amount of tact. <laughs> um, and I saw um, that you've done some like improv and acting and that sort of thing. How do you think that that translates into uh, you know, a more romantic setting or when you're going out mingling? Um, how, how has your improv and acting background helped with that? because oh, it makes you fearless and it teaches you how to pull conversation out of thin air and look for um, conversation threads that may not exist. So it, it's like when you do it in a really safe space, improv is what I'm referring to, mm-hmm. it like allows you to sort of stumble and fall on your feet and make mistakes. And so it's going out and practicing and just not caring, but improv is a little bit different because everybody's sort of in that same position where you try something like, ah, that didn't work. But it really teaches you how to pay attention to other people's cues so that you guys can create a storyline together. It's actually really nice because um, I took improv again when I moved out to Los Angeles. And the first class that we had, this one teacher, they didn't even talk really about improv. It was, it was talking about all the stuff that I actually coached to the guys that I work with talking about intention and working together. It's not about one person winning in the conversation. It's about both people thriving in the conversation so that they can share their interests and see if there's chemistry and connection. And so I did this interview with my instructor because the way that she had explained like how, how intention works and how to mesh your intention with somebody else's and if your intentions don't match up, it's never going to be a successful improv, like applied perfectly to my audience. So it's a part of one of my programs called What's Inside a Woman's Mind, and I think it's actually one of the best interviews that we've done because of the information that she provides. So um, acting and uh, improv have totally impacted the way that I interact with other people, and it's one of the best things that I can recommend to anybody who wants to get out of their shell and learn how to really discover the potential of their personality. Yeah, it's awesome. I, I have done improv for a few years. Uh-huh. It's been it's been a while since I last took a class or anything like that. But it was I started actually uh, I bought a Groupon out in L.A. and then oh, you. Used, for which class? Uh, it was with Bill Cott. It was at the Improv oh, Trick okay. out in I want to say West Hollywood. I'm forgetting okay. now. Somewhere somewhere around there. But um, yeah, just just saw it. it was really cheap on Groupon. I'm like, why not? I've always liked. You know, getting out there. And it, it, it is always cool to see, um, you know, at the, the first class, everyone will go around and say kind of like why they're taking it. And to see people say, you know, I want to get out of my shell. Like, I, I have trouble yeah. starting conversations or whatever. And then to see them by the end of the class and they're, you know, like one of the best performers and just having a blast out there. It's always, it's always awesome to see. Yeah. Oh, my God. I said, you totally understand. You don't even have to ask the question. You know what? Exactly. Exactly. I know. I just wanted for the the readers to know. Yes. Yeah, I know. Kidding, kidding. But yeah, honestly, it's just, it's what gave me my personality and like really taught me how to hone in on my wit and just pull conversation out of thin air. I think that's the most important part. That I was able to tap into using my imagination more to see where I could go and what other people would kind of tolerate and what I was able to put out there that I wanted to. Another, you know, thing that's taken off probably in the last, like, five years uh, is online dating. What do you think is the biggest or a, a common mistake that people make uh, during online dating? Mm, not using it correctly. That's the 
biggest mistake. I think a lot of people like half-ass it with setting up a profile and then think that everybody's going to come flocking to you. And as a, as a woman, I guess, you know, that could happen. But as a man, like, that's not going to happen to you. It's, it's the same thing as dating in real life. You, you get what you put out there. Like, if you just put something out there and you'll just take whatever comes your way, then you're just getting low-hanging fruit, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of guys take what they can get rather going after what they want. And it's the same with online dating. If you're not being proactive and putting yourself out there and learning how to present yourself on a profile and write better emails, um, you're, you're screwing yourself. You're just wasting the forty nine ninety nine a month because it's going to end up being... You're not going to get any results. Yes, I have seen... My uh, my girlfriends show me a lot of uh, very half-assed attempts, and I'm I mean, I'm always amazed. I'm just like, wow, that's. Well, well, I have this exercise that I give to anybody that signs up for my newsletter. It's actually part of my program too. Um, I'm telling you again, off trouble with plenty of fish and okay, keep it. But <laughs> I tell guys to you know walk a day in a woman's shoes by putting up a woman's profile online and then taking it down, hopefully a couple of days later, just to. See what happens when a woman puts her profile out there. Like, it, it's, it's crazy what they get thrown at them. Some guys have gotten, you know, literally 50 messages, and they're all, like, pathetic messages that are either spam or copy and paste or just people writing paragraphs and paragraphs. So they, they see what women have to deal with every day and why women have bigger boundaries in place to protect themselves from the creatures. Yeah, and there, there are many. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think is the best way to transition from being just friends with a girl to something more? Is this like a guy who suddenly realized that he wants something more or some guy who has been in a friendship with a girl that he's wanted since the first time that he met her? Um, I think both. Okay, so let's <laughs> go with the guy who has been friends with a girl and then suddenly he's like, oh, okay, there's something interesting about this girl. Maybe let's try this out. So it's kind of like what I was talking about before with being honest <laughs> and communicating uh, from a confident place. You can literally just turn to your girlfriend and say, you know what, like, this is this is just something I've been thinking about because I don't know how it would work. I don't know if it's something I actually want, but it's something that's been on my mind. Are you open to trying it and just seeing if there is something else there? It's, it's not saying that I've been pining over you for months and I can't think of anybody else that I want to be with. It's saying, I don't know what's going to happen, but we have a great friendship and, you know, lately I've been having different feelings about you. Let's try it out. And then the other side is um, with people that you, you know, you've, you've been pining for since you met them. The way to get out of the friendship is to really stop being a friend and stop acting like a friend. You can be friendly with the person, but you want to change the way that you present yourself so that you are flirting, you're challenging, you're teasing, you're stating your opinion, you're uh, taking on the seductor rule while around your friends and they're putting air quotes up because it's not, you're not really friends with the person. A lot of guys get into this pattern of, it's not friendship with a woman, it's like the fake boyfriend zone where they show a woman what it would be like to be with them if they were their boyfriend, which ultimately becomes super unsexy because they become complacent uh, pleasers who put this woman on a pedestal and are available for them 24-7. So the best thing to do is to either say something confidently about what you want. So I always say tell a woman what you think rather than showing her how you feel or telling her how you feel. 
so collect your thoughts on what you want and how you think about something and then express that to a woman so that it becomes a process clear and confident. Um, but if you're not comfortable enough saying it out loud, you can just start changing your behavior so that you're not there as the fake boyfriend or as the, you know, wimpy friend who really isn't very much of a friend. You're there every once in a while. You're not available for text all the time. But when you are available, you're available for flirting, teasing, challenging, touching, everything that is more exciting and fun and can be seen on a more sexual level so that she can see you in that light. Awesome. Seems like the common theme here is to be uh, honest and communicate. I, it's knew? funny. I did an interview Who yesterday, knew? too, and they, they kept pointing that out to me. I'm like, hey, that's, you know, that is, <laughs> that's my method. Because the thing is, is that men who are super confident can be super honest as well. And that gets, gets you what you want with integrity, you know? And you, don't, you, you don't have to always say out loud what you want, but you have to be clear with your intentions and clear with your actions. So if you're wishy-washy and you'll listen to a girl cry about her boyfriend for half an hour and her, and then you flirt and tease her, it's like that's wishy-washy and inconsistent with what it is that you want from that girl. If you want to be like having sex with this girl or dating this girl and she's crying to you about her boyfriend, you tell her, you know, listen, you can talk like this forever, but, you know, if I was a therapist, I'd be making, like, 300 bucks off of you for all the whining that you're doing about your ex-boyfriend. Let's forget about him right now, and let's go out and have fun. So that you're always, you're clear on who you are and what you want, and you don't give in to what she wants just because you don't want to ruffle feathers or possibly lose that attraction. Also, you have a new book coming out next month? Uh, that's I not, do. Okay, that's not how men work. Yes. So it's called That's Not How Men Work, and so I've noticed this for myself. Um, I, over the past 10 years, have learned a ridiculous amount of information about men that I never thought that I would know because men open up to me. And I also hear from their point of view the things that women are doing that confuse them, which helps me understand how different men actually are and how they don't understand the way that we work. Um, and that's helped me in my own relationship, especially with communication. Uh, and so now what I'm doing is I, I've written a book called That's Not How Men Work because I found myself saying that to my girlfriends all the time. I used to give my girlfriends like the, the typical female advice of, oh, he's an asshole or anything I could do to help her feelings be heard and comfort her. But now when I talk to them, I find myself saying a lot, that's not how men work, that's not how men work, that's not how men work, and then I explain to them how men actually work, and it helps them a lot more than my initial comforting that I was doing previously. And so now I want to share that information with other women who are dating men or want to be dating men. So it's for women who are single and women who are also in relationships, just just to hear um, from me, because I get all this insider information, how men actually do work, not how we want them to work. I know some some uh, girlfriends who could definitely benefit from that. So. <laughs> really? <laughs> Good. I'll send you a copy of it then. Awesome. I'd love that. Cool. And so. Well, you were, you were saying you had a girlfriend. How long have you had a girlfriend for? Uh, we've been together for about a year and a half. Okay, so you're very experienced in relationships. Gotcha. Yes. Um, and I, I the uh, how to get your girlfriend to watch sports also caught my eye on the uh, the email they sent over because she actually is is pretty good about it but I know some 
some of my friends complain that they have to, you know, go to their man cave or go out or something if they ever want to watch sports. So. Right. It, it's a hard thing. Listen, the thing is that you can't force somebody to do something that they don't want to, but with women, it, it's kind of like working with children. It's like, if you make something seem really exciting, like a vegetable, mm-hmm. and fun, then they'll be in on it. They, they'll totally feed into it because they're, they're going off of your body language and your facial expressions. But if you're just sitting there, you know, drinking your beer and ignoring her while you're watching sports and expecting her to, you know, fall in love with the sport the same way that you do without explaining it to her or at least engaging her in the sport to make her feel like she's a part of what you're doing, not like the second choice, oh my God, you can have an amazing relationship where you're watching sports together and having a blast. Yeah, definitely. That's what I try to do. I'm from Chicago originally, so I try and get her sick on that. My oh, awesome! Nice. What what part? Yeah, what, he he grew up um, two places. So he was in the city for the beginning part okay. of his childhood, and then moved to Jersey, and then moved back to Chicago, and was living in Oak Park. Oh, right? awesome. Where did you grow up? Awesome. I grew up in Skokie, so technically a suburb, oh. but I feel like it borders Chicago, so I can just say Chicago and get away with it. I feel like that's <laughs> Yeah, it's got the train going into the the city too, so yeah. that's uh, that's all you need, right? Exactly. All right, and I have to ask, what is your worst date you've ever been on, or the worst one you've ever heard about? Oh my God, I've heard so many worst date stories. <laughs> I've heard so many like online dating stories for for uh, the worst date that I ever went on was oh, actually it was, it was my first date from date that I went on. And it was, he just lied about everything. He was like a nice guy, but I wasn't sure if he was gay or straight, to be honest. <laughs> that's, like, that's always, you know, how Jewish guys are anyways. Um, <laughs> so it's confusing. Uh, and then he had lied about his height. He lied about his job. He had said that he was a lawyer. And then when we met in person, he's like, well, I'm considering going to law school, but I really want to be a writer, blah, blah. So that, that alone, the lies were no good, but we still happened to get along really well. And then we just like, we would go out, and I remember he flossed his teeth with the many. It was just like, it was not horrible. I didn't have like a horrible, horrible situation. It just was like a huge turn off to dating that I did not want to go back to online dating after dating him. <laughs> yeah, the flossing is a little, uh, it's a little yeah, extreme. Yeah, are you trying to turn me off? I don't know, but like, me out afterwards so he, it's not like that was his his move if he didn't like the girl that he would just like floss his teeth with the many but it's disgusting <laughs> that's a good tip i'll be sure to highlight that no flossing on the first date of <laughs> right. don't do that yeah save it save it for at least the third date we'll say <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> um well that's that's all i've got unless you know there's any final parting words of wisdom you want to unleash for everyone Thank you. 
if they have to help you believe in yourself. So if you want to get women, if you want to create attraction with a woman, you have to go after what you want and already believe all those things in yourself or it's never going to work. Even if you have the best lines in your pocket that have ever been written, it's not going to work for you. Thanks so much, Marnie. It was, it was awesome. Okay, thank you. All right, take care. Be sure to check out Marnie's podcast, Ask Women, and her book, That's Not How Men Work, hitting bookstores and online retailers very soon. Don't worry, I didn't forget your departing joke of the day. Why do vampires believe everything you tell them? Because they're suckers. Get after it today, people.